I was really kind of torn as to where I wanted to go, where I saw my career long term. Like, did I want to see myself in a new setting? You know, did I want to, you know, have a new schedule for when I have kids and like working holidays? And, you know, so those were all very real things in my in my mindset. I think I was just kind of looking for something deeper, wanting a new role. Like that's really genuinely where I was. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the selfie show, you guys. With your hosts, Tori Meskin and Sam Manicero. And we're bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. And we are talking off the clock today about Tori and her journey into grad school. Yeah, I actually think the cool part about having a co-host finally is now there's someone to interview you. That's yeah, weird. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's your turn in the hot seat. Oh my God. She's totally turning the hot seat on me today. This is a little weird. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited because I think so many people, of course, I think kind of know what we're going to be talking about today. We're talking about my grad school journey. And there's a lot of things I'm going to be spilling here with you guys today. But um, I'm just a little nervous about it. You know, it's just like I'm speaking my truth. We're going true. We're going true, true, Tori. Got to give the people what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Let them in. Let them in. All right. We're going there today. But um, before we get into that, um, so we're we're currently going to the holidays. Um, we're going to do your your single girl, merry girl tips of the week. And so here we go. Um, let's start with Samantha. What? Okay. Here, where are we? Where are we going? This is how I feel about holidays and being single. Watch out for those. Hey, stranger texts. <laughs> Watch out for those. I miss you. Long time no see. How have you been? It's a trap. It's a holiday trap because people are feeling lonely. Not only are we in a pandemic and people are lonely, but now it's the holidays and people are lonely. Don't fall for those traps. Don't fall for that. Hey, stranger, how are you trap? And then be careful on the the dating apps because this is when the wolf and sheep's clothing come out because yeah, you know, they're like pretending like they want to find the one because but it's the holidays because it's in the air you the know holidays talking don't don't get fooled yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah don't yeah. fall for that hey stranger <laughs> long time no talk text because it's a trap oh that's my single girl holiday don't fall tip. for it you're welcome love that okay married girl tip um so i think for me it's picking your battles during the holidays or cho- choosing your time Cause it's like, it's hard. Like I will tell you balancing like family dynamics. Cause our family is so close. Like we are disgustingly, like you guys know, like we would, we would literally move into a commune if we could, but you know, that could be a little annoying to the partner. Sometimes like Jacob is like, your family's a lot. And I'm like, I know I'm aware of that, but you have to balance your time. And so we do, you know, there's give and take, you gotta, you gotta let your partner have some time. <laughs> you just balance your time. That's all. That's a big one, you know, because I think it's a good one. Uh, yeah. Happy marriage. You got to there's a lot of compromise, you know, compromise is the key word there, which I'm not always so good about, to be honest, but it's necessary. Know, it is necessary to maintain those lovely relationships and, you know, play nice. OK, so what is our uh, question of the week from our listeners? OK, so this was a good one. And this is something that I do feel like I, we've talked about before, but it is still a continual thing that both Sam and I see very often. OK, and it's how to battle the misconception that superiors cast on new grad nurses that they can't land their dream job, essentially. Okay. Well, you did. 
Right. I I did. did. You did. So one, that's obviously not true right off the bat. Because our hospital hires new grads into the ER, the OR, CVICU, pediatric ICU, neonatal ICU, pediatric oncology, all off the bat, even the mental health unit now too. So yeah, I think it's it's a very narrow-minded, in my humble opinion, old school way of thinking. Don't get me wrong. Is everybody going to land their dream job? No, it's just physically not possible. It's just, it's not how it works. However, some tips that I feel like are really good is, or some things that I always tell people is start thinking about it now. You know, while you're in nursing school, great time to be looking around. Also do your research, start looking at different organizations, start prepping your interview skills. I think there's just, you know, the more you put yourself as a leg up as a candidate, the better you are. So I think I get this asked the most as a nursing professor. Do I need to do med surge first before I do ICU? No. If you want to do med surge, good for you because we need nurses in every unit. But no, you don't. But how do you get into straight into the ICU or get into a specialty field like OB or mental health or whatever specialty you want? It has to be very calculated, like Tori said. So plan ahead, network, and how can you stand out specific to that field? What certifications, organizations can you do, volunteering? Whatever you can do to give you, like she said, the leg up in that specialty is what's going to make you stand out to go into that specialty. But I will tell you that experience is great. And it obviously helps hone your nursing skills and your nursing intuition, but it's still a different skill set that doesn't always transfer. So just because you're really good at managing four to six patients doesn't mean you're good at managing one critical patient. It's a different type of time management because everyone's like, get your time management down in med surge first. It's a different type of time management. When I float to med surge, all my meds are late because I have terrible time management when it comes to four patients, but I have a great management and critical thinking and prioritization when it comes to one really sick critical patient. So it's different. And I think that if you want to do something, go for it, jump in cannonball right into the deep end and invest yourself into that specialty, throw your heart and soul into it. You don't need to feel like you have to do something different before you go into what you want. Yeah. And I think it's just, I don't know, keeping an open mind because the reality is even for me, and I know I've talked about this several times on the podcast, but I thought where I wanted to be was CVICU. Like that was what I wanted to do, pediatric. And the reality was, was that I chose my, my unit based on statistics. They were hiring more people. And, um, you know, so I think it's just like going in with an open mind and, you know, kind of maneuvering your way. I think you'll be surprised at where you land if you just have an open mind with it. And, you know, it's not to say that, oh, you should just let passerby things happen. Like you definitely have to hustle. Like I do think it's something where I really believe in that. Like if you really want it, you just really need to set your mind for it. Like really, really, really just have that mindset of like, I'm not accepting anything less than what I want. Take actionable Take steps. Take action. Yeah. No one walks up to you and goes, here's your dream job on a Also, this isn't just nursing. I feel like RTs, you know, there's so many like other um, disciplines that this really applies to. Like, I just feel like as far as getting the job that you want, just, you know, that's kind of my thing. And I don't know, I'm not here for the naysayers. So you do you, boo. You need to believe in yourself because no one else is going to believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. Yeah. Bottom line. So you go, you guys. So your turn. I'm excited to do this. All right. I'm interviewing you. So let's, let's do it. 
So honestly, though, what made you even want to go back to grad school at all? Yeah. You already have a bachelor's degree. So why even grad school? Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's kind of take it back to where it was mindset wise, like a year ago. So a year ago, no, August, over a year ago, 2019, I just officially made the decision to go back to NP school. And I think at that time, really where I was, I was, I was burned out. I was burned out at the bedside. I was really kind of torn as to where I wanted to go, where I saw my career long-term. Like, did I want to see myself in a new setting? You know, did I want to, you know, have a new schedule for when I have kids and like working holidays and, you know, so those were all very real things in my, in my mindset. I think I was just kind of looking for something deeper wanting a new role, like that's really genuinely where I was. And I think in my head at that time, I was thinking the path that I chose for grad school was the right decision. Um, I very intentionally went into it. I, I knew that, you know, in my heart of hearts, I felt like that was the role I wanted to. And let me just specify this. So I was trying, I was going for my MSN, uh, FNP, family nurse practitioner. So why specifically did you choose FNP? Yeah, so my decision to do that was because I genuinely thought I wanted to go into some family outpatient role. Like I thought that maybe like well baby checkups or somehow I would find a specialty that, you know, my ideal job I think would have been in a doctor's office that I really liked the doctor, you know, I started, I, this was my intention was to do outpatient and potentially a family role where I felt like I could affect people in a way that I wasn't just doing it at the bedside. Like I wanted a way that I was like able to provide resources, speak on things at a different level, you know, all the above. So those were things that I felt like I wanted to do. And, and were you hoping to kind of piggyback off of your NICU experience? Yeah. So, and that's a very real thing, right? NICU, NICU is very niche. And what Sam, what you're alluding to is like, did you want to stay in that population or what was your thing? I wanted to branch out. I think I was feeling very burnt out uh, as a NICU nurse. And so at the same time, I decided to go to critical care float pole. So I was working critical pediatric critical care float pole. So I was working CVICU, oncology, PICU, um, on some, on floors as well. And I, that was all through last season. So like August through up until more recently, a couple months ago is when I switched over back to NICU, but I was working pediatric critical care flow pool. And I wanted to see like different populations. Like that was my goal was to kind of, you know, get out of just solely neonate, neonatal care and NICU care. Um, Which I actually think is wise because I think anytime you're going into something new, it's kind of good to dabble in it and get your feet wet a little bit and really see what life outside of just the NICU is like. Yeah. And I think it was really good for me. I mean, like you, you know, getting into, you left the NICU and we're going to have a whole episode with Sam's experience that's coming up next week. Next week. That? Yeah. Um, so both of us, I mean, I definitely feel like, and this is kind of the generation and, you know, where we as nurses you know, we're, there's a lot expected from us at the bedside. And I think we're the generation where we're starting to feel that like I'm burned out. What's next? What do I see myself in five, 10 years? You know, is this really what I want? And I 
feel like it's interesting because since this whole year has really played out, I've had so many conversations with nurses who are in exactly the shoes that I was in and the decisions that I was making. And the more that I talked about it, it was really interesting because I feel like the more times I was admitting or starting to really open up about the situation, the more I realized other nurses and so many are in this, in the same shoes that I am is basically what I'm saying. Like so many. Okay. So I kind of want to get your first year insight. So you apply, you get in, you start your FNP program, you're doing your first year of the program. What kind of classes were you taking? How, how was the work balance life of being back in school and working still at the bedside? And then on top of that, being a wife and what was all that like? Yeah. What was the first year of MP? Totally gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. Like I can't <laughs> even, I, okay. So I could never go full. back to grad school. I'm glad I got it over with, but I, oh. I remember the nights when you were like literally writing your paper at like 2 a.m. and we were, <laughs> I was helping you cite the, we was, I remember these days. Okay. It was gnarly. Okay. So not only that, so I started back in school in August last year. And for, I would say the first like couple months were great. Cause I think I was so like into it. I was like, yes. Like after eight years, I was like, I'm moving on. I'm doing my thing. Like I was totally into it. And mind you, those classes were like evidence-based research and the sort of like writing papers moment and where you were kind of like picking a topic and, you know, doing the backend research and learning how to pick apart evidence-based research articles, which actually I find I have such a new appreciation for. How do you discover if something's credible? Because for example, for providers, you know, you have to be able to back up what you're saying. And a lot, you, as a provider, it would have been my responsibility to look these things up and to make sure these, you know, these studies are credible and who's funding them. And like, there's so many things that go into it. And so, but I've found some interest in it. Okay. So then fast forward, I start getting into the classes like pathology. Patho was great. Actually, I kind of feel like it was really tough. Mind you, the way that I was kind of setting up my week was like, I would take Mondays and Mondays were exclusive to school. And so all I would do is study, you know, prep for tests. Um, the way the structure of the program that I was doing would have like a test or a quiz on Wednesday and then something due on Friday. So every week, you know, you basically I would have to plan out my week and start my studying and all these things. And my I would think I was working part time hours at that time. I'm pr technically per diem. I work two jobs, but I was working two shifts a week, pretty much max. I don't know how people do full-time during NP school. I did. Not NP school, but during grad school. It was crazy. It was awful. Um, so I was going through this for about a year, for just under a year. And it was tough. I mean, between school, work, marriage, um, you know, and then towards the end of it, like first beginning, I would say I was like really good, really good into it. Like this was what I was meant to do. And then I don't know, something in me, it wasn't COVID. Like I, I could very easily be like, I didn't want to do this because of COVID or my mind changed because of COVID. Well, tell us, I mean, what is your current situation with school? Yes. Where are we at? Where are we at now? <laughs> okay. So I decided to change routes is the best way to put it. Um, I, I had literally um, a week of freakouts. I was in pharmacology 
And advanced farm, you guys, for a nurse-based reference, okay, so farm for advanced practitioners takes you to a whole different level. So we were starting to do case studies and we did a case study on, it was like the 76-year-old man where I had to like write eight eight prescriptions for this guy and figure out, you know, which ones were, you know, what was the medication that was basically effing up the whole thing? Like, because it was not compatible or, or some reason why the medication was not supposed to go to this patient. You are not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Holy <laughs> like, smokes. No. And I was just left the NICU. I just kind of sat there and I was like, you know, I'm in this class and I'm knee deep in it. And I just had a moment of like, is this what I want to do? Like, do I really, I just found myself really, really torn for several reasons. So first reason being, is this a, do I really want to be a family nurse practitioner? And do I want to work with adults? And do I want to work with my least favorite population? I've always known this is males, any kind of male don't want to work with it. Like males, older males, not my thing. Okay, then the next thing is, do I really want to work with mother baby and like do outpatient mother baby stuff? And then I started realizing, like, I think that I would get bored in that setting. I mean, we both come from critical care and that's a very different dynamic. Totally different. Do I want to have to take on 25 patients a day if, you know, whatever the expectations may be? You know, I started going through all of these thoughts and just sort of really digging deep on, do I actually want the role of a nurse practitioner? Because it's a whole different level of care. And then I started thinking, you know, would I really want to be, if I don't want to be outpatient, like if I don't want to work five days a week, because typically most outpatient settings are 40 hours, five days a week. Um, There are some per diem positions, but then I was, you know, that's, we're getting into a whole gamut there. Then thinking, well, do I want to be inpatient? Um, acute NP. Acute NP, which is a whole different level. But then I would need to stop and start a new program. Do I want to do that right now when I really want to have kids in the next couple years? Um, you know, do I want to feel like I'm using the degree because I have to, you know, when really at the end of the day, really grasping at who I am? I think I only want to work two days a week, one or two days a week. I want to work zero. Yeah, <laughs> let's be honest. We want to. But I have to. Well, okay. And to your point, the other thing that I had another competing factor, which is the podcast, and it was interesting because I started NP school really in August, and then I started the podcast in March, and I really realized as I was going and what I was doing is I was I am literally reaching so many more people and already establishing the goal of helping people, providing resources, speaking to things, bringing people, you know, experts, being able to have that kind of relationship with people in general. And I started realizing like, I'm actually very fulfilled in what I'm doing sitting right here, which is crazy. Being able to work at the bedside and still have, I, I, you know, and I have this new invigorated feeling. I mean, having worked in critical care peds, I was like, I loved it and it was a great experience. And I definitely think it opened up my eyes to the full pediatric population. I have now so much more, I would say not respect, but so much more eyes wide open to what's out there, um, what other units go through. 
understanding bigger dynamics. I mean, I've talked to so many NPs, PAs, doctors, seen way more diagnosis, really gotten a bigger grasp on on sort of pediatric as a whole. And then just really realized my love is actually in the NICU. So I, I missed the NICU, which is I did not anticipate that. I missed being able to, to just work bedside and not feel stressed about as a future provider, I would have to do X, Y, and Z. Like, I just don't think it's the, the role was for me doing advanced, um, doing procedures. If let's say I want to be an NNP, like that's a whole thing where you'd be starting, you'd be doing intubations, you know, starting lines, central lines, which that's definitely for some people. We're going to get into a little bit more about California, but I do feel like I just started realizing I don't think the role's for me. So how did you actually go about making the decision to change your course then? Because that's a kind of big decision. You've already spent time, money going one direction. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would say the first thing, which is like the hardest thing for me to say, but it's like the most honest answer because that's really what I want to bring you guys is I really actually, I just had to put down my ego. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I basically had to admit to myself that I don't want to be a nurse practitioner and I don't, I don't want to, I don't know. I just don't think long-term that that's the role for me. Um, and there's a lot of different reasons, you know, how did I do it? Um, so I took a pause. That was the first thing. Um, and so there was a night, there's, there was a distinct phone call that I had And I just remember there was two people I talked to. It was you and Katie. And I was just having a moment where I like literally broke down and I started having like these panic attacks. And I was like, what am I doing? And the long story short is I called Sam and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I need, I need your advice. Like I need an, I just needed someone to validate or help me out with this. And you were, honestly, you were one of the people that really helped me off the ledge on that one. Well, I think knowing you as such a close friend, I sat there and I let you talk and tell me like where you were coming from. And I said, Tori, are you going to be happy being an NP? Yes or no? I don't need like simple as that. Yes or no. And if you can't say yes, why are you torturing yourself going through this process of getting that degree? Yeah. And I think some of it almost like was a little bit ego. And I don't actually, I think ego is a bad word because I don't think you have an ego. You're not that type of person. But I think it's not ego because ego is more of a negative connotation, but pride. You take pride in working hard and being a good nurse. And it's okay to take pride in that. And I think you've been so open about your journey, going through NP school, posting about your classes, sharing the experience that I feel like you look towards people that, look up to you and are grateful that you are so open about your journey and that you were worried about letting them down. Yeah. Was there any truth to that? Oh, hundred percent. Or am I just projecting? No, hundred percent. No, but I feel like you were afraid to let people down saying, I've started this thing and now what are they going to think if I just drop out of NP school or pull out or I don't finish? And I'm like, it's not, no one else is going to go to bed in 15 years in your shoes. Yeah. That's you. You're the one that has to live with these choices you're making now. You can't make them based on what other people will think, based on what other people think you should do, if they're going to judge you or whatever. None of that matters. You're the one that has to say in 15 years from now, what do I want my life to look like? 
What do I want my family to look like? What do I want my career to look like? And if it's not being an NP, it's okay. I have a master's degree and I knew I never wanted to do the NP route. I, I knew that that wasn't for me and that it wouldn't make my life happier and that financially it wouldn't really do it for me either. And I chose to get it in leadership because I felt that that was broad enough to do things. And you're a leader. I see that more for you. And I was like, honestly, I see, I, people sometimes get their master's in education. I think that's great. But again, it kind of pigeonholes you into educating. I can still be an educator with my degree in leadership. I'm all, you're a leader. You're meant to do great things. You already are a leader within your unit. You're a leader by starting this podcast and doing your blogging. And I see that route more for you because I think you have so much to give still in your career and in your future. But if you don't see it just working in a doctor's office in an outpatient setting, that's okay. Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, the more people I've opened up to the to about this, um, the more I've discovered so many nurses who are also in this page of starting nurse practitioner school and then realizing that it's not for you. And I want to actually say this too. I don't regret that year at all because I think that that actually you really- needed it. I needed it, right? Like you I learned it, from it. Totally. I learned grew. from it. I grew from it. I definitely feel like it not only opened up my eyes to like the role, but I also think it just made me appreciate being able to just kind of go in, do my job, like love my, find a new reinvigorating love for what I do. And to be honest, I mean, and every mom, every nurse mom who has had children will, I know that so many nurses say this, it's where like nursing is your job and, you know, your priorities shift so much. And I think it's interesting because I kind of feel like this podcast and the blog and everything like became my baby. And I just realized that my time, I just realized I didn't nurse practitioner school wasn't on the top priority. Like for example, I would be doing research or trying to do something or studying for all of these antibiotics and, you know, trying to, to, you know, memorize all of the the different types and da, 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 da. And then I would, you know, have a different obligation to the podcast each week. And I started realizing that like it was competing factors. Like I would rather be researching guests and topics and understand, you know, doing things on the back end and like hustling and trying to be able to bring you guys the best resources and da, 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 versus studying for things that I just, I was not interested in, to be honest. I was just over it. I was like, I don't want to have, yeah. And that's a very honest thing. Like, I don't want to have to treat hangnails and toenails and, you know, people with diabetes that I'm like, it's just, it's not interesting to me. I'm more interested, I'm much more interested in big global ideas, pictures, how do we create change, how to, you know, really be a modern day nurse, how to, you know, help our patients on a different level. Like those are, that for me in my role and my honesty, that is so much more important and a bigger picture. And I really love this space. And I also do love the neonatal population. So that took a while for me to really, you know, to come to a full honesty about process it. I think you knew it was there, but to accept it and process it was another aspect that you needed time to take care of. Yeah, I totally wrap your brain around it. Yeah. I mean, and it took me a couple, it took me a while to really come, you know, full circle and to feel ready to jump back into a different program that actually fit me 
so much better and fits my lifestyle. And, you know, it's interesting because I do think so many of us, us nurses do go through this where you do feel that need or you start questioning what you're doing and you kind of, you know, we are all there. We all do it. And I, <laughs> Sam and I talk about this all the time. Like, we don't know what we want to be when we I grow up. I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll figure it out. But um, I think just realizing that for me, cultivating this community, expanding on it with Sam, really get, you know, kind of diving deep with our baby together here is, it's really important to me. And we are nurturing the shit out of this baby. Yeah. And I think this is, this is what I want to do. Skin to skin. Yes. <laughs> Non-nutritive Colostrum, colostrum swabs. Yeah. This baby is getting all well the fed. TLC, all the TLC. So um, the long story short is I, I switch routes. So what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Like I need to know the whole scoop on where, where is Tori Meskin headed in this grad school journey now? Okay. So along the lines of, I've, I started reaching out to people over and I started really reaching out to my people. And one of them was actually Lacey Megan and Lacey and I had a long talk about this as well. And she opened up to me about her experiences and she was um, basically telling me her reasons of like you know, taking the route she did. Long story short, she is getting her um, MSN in leadership through Capella University. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Leadership, like, wink, wink. Yeah. And she's, yes. Great I, minds I love think alike. a master's degree in leadership. Just saying. Great minds <laughs> think alike. And so I started kind of asking her about her program and like what it was like. And so um, long story short, I am now very excited to announce that I am a sponsored student through Capella University and Yay. I'm doing my master's of science in leadership. That is so for you. Yes. That I just felt it in my soul and it was never my place to be like, ew, why are you going to NP school? Even though I secretly thought in my head, you wanted me to go with you. You were very supportive. I was. It. I know. But I was happy for you to go either back. Either way, you were super supportive. Always. I will always support you. And you wanted me to go back and I thought about it for a brief second. And then in my head, I'm still like, the only reason I would want to be an NP is if I was going to open a Botox yeah. clinic. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Yes. And uh, before we hop I into that, I actually think Botox. that's a really big dynamic. Okay. Let's <laughs> hit on the big dynamics really quick too. About NPs and our situation. Okay, so a side note to all of this is we work in California. Womp womp. I mean, we have great ratios. Yes. But it's not great for NPs. Great well, bedside. It is and it, it isn't. Is, it isn't. Okay, so here's what it is. I think to become, becoming an NP in California. So first of all, our dynamic is that we don't work, we work under a provider, which it may or may not really matter if you're in like a clinic setting or even at the bedside, because technically like they're doctors, there. They're, they're there. It doesn't really matter. But to be honest, we make so much money hourly that to me, I could not justify going back to school and learning this craft and starting over making essentially the same amount of money that I would at the bedside, if, even if my, and my heart not being in it. Yeah. It would be one thing if I knew 100%, I was like, I want to sign on with this company or I want to open a med spa and become a Botox Or you're getting that like CRNA pay. Yeah. That's a whole different, that's a different, that's a different level. Step up. <laughs> and that's even more school. That's a whole different thing. And that's even more student loans, which you got to, got to think about as well. But I just 
could not justify it in my head, nor, you know, and being a mom, becoming a mom, I do have this like fantasy in my head of like working one, maybe two days a week and being able to still have kids and do this. And I really, those are, I want to focus on the things that I know I'm going to be good at. And Marie Kondo the shit out of your life. If it doesn't bring you happiness, don't do it. Yeah. And like, why was I wasting? And you know, another factor for me, you guys, this is very unique to me is we have horses. Like I work horses with my mom weekly. Like the amount of things that is going on exteriorly with my life. I just, it didn't fit. It didn't fit my life. I don't want to work five days a week. I don't want to work in a clinic. I think I would get bored. Um, I, we don't, I don't make enough money. I won't make enough money as a nurse practitioner to really justify it. Now, if I was in the Midwest And I was working in an adult ICU where you're just so over COVID, you're over everything, you know, the dynamics that you make more, you know, 20% more, at least, you know, there's a lot of dynamics when you're talking about becoming a practitioner regionally, like geographically, it may make a big difference. You know, Um, I just think that it very, that is a very tailored, it's a tailored decision to you based on where you are in your life, geographically, where you live. Hey, you know, where you're, what you want long-term, you know, if you already, if you know, you're going to be taking over practice for a doctor, or you're going to be doing, you know, something where you can work independently, you know, in New York, NPs work independently here in California, you work under technically a physician or yeah. a DO or That's whatever. Why the only reason I would want to pursue an NP would be to have some sort of med spa sitch. And then I was like, nah, I'm good with my master's degree in leadership. And I love the leadership look on you. Because I think what you're doing in healthcare, leadership suits that. So I'm so excited that you've chosen this new path where I really think it's going to give you the degree to back up things that you're already interested in and doing. Yeah. And Tory I think leadership is like synonymous. Yeah. And did you know, what's funny. Yeah, I actually did think, and originally, you know, back in the day when I first started, I really did think that that leadership period in the hospital setting is where I thought I was going to be. Now, for me, the leadership, I think, applies outside of the hospital setting. I think that's where my heart is. But, um, you know, in another dynamic, I kind of want to touch on too, like I've had Natalie on here and Natalie was my guest on when I announced that I was going to grad school. Now, she worked in the PICU. And I'll tell you guys, I worked in the PICU as a critical care float nurse. And it's a lot. It, the work there is so hard. It's so demanding. Um, you know, and I, I know a lot of nurses who are in those types of units where like they need a break and they want something else. They really want to get away from the bedside. And I totally validate that. Like there are a lot of people out there that I think it suits well. And I think the decision is very, you know, for them, it works out like, you know, and maybe they're for me, a big decision is just time wise. Like I'm 32 right now. I wouldn't even be starting my NP until probably 34, right? When I want to be having kids, like, do I want the stress of doing that, of starting as a new NP or ending NP school? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. At the end of the day, it's a very personal decision and it's going to be different for everyone. But I think the takeaway is be true to yourself and don't do a degree for someone else. Yeah. You need to do it for yourself. Yeah. And I think I kind of you started was it for yourself. Doing, I did. I you did started it for yourself. But then when you realized it wasn't right for you, you were still considering going through and finishing it for all the wrong reasons, not because it was going to make Tori happy. Yeah, I think I was doing it because I thought maybe I was going to be letting people down or because I ultimately like started this so I should finish it. I just realized, I you know, long term. I think that my life is going a different path and I need to really follow it. And look, 
as, as Sam said, it's life is too short and I needed to swallow that and, and really digest it. And, and I took the time and, and I did, and I, I'm excited that I did. So so tell us a little bit about your new program then, or Capella. Yeah. Okay. This so super cool. I'm obsessed with this. Okay. So first of all, um, Capella offers some really great opportunities for nurses. So like BSN, they have um, RN to MSN programs. They have nursing leadership, nursing informatics. They have nursing administration, care coordination, education. They also have a DNP program, which I was really... I know I need my DNP, so don't look at me. I I was <sighs> really interested in... That's something that maybe long-term actually would be really interesting. It's a doctorate of nurse practice. So it's basically, which is crazy because I think that's... A PhD is higher than that, I think. No, PhD and DNP are both like doctoral level programs. It's just one is... PhD is more research-based yeah. and doctoral programs are more practice space. Yeah. So, I need to get one of them and I don't, I don't know. For teaching, I feel like I kind of do, but I just, the idea of writing another paper makes me want to cry myself <laughs> to sleep. So it's well, not for me I, right now, but know. it's good to know that they have this program because it's awesome. It's definitely something that I keep thinking about pursuing, not in 2021, but maybe yeah, in 2022. So for you guys at a glance with Capella, so it was established in 1993. There uh, are currently 38,000 active students. The average age of the students is 39. Oh. Hello. Right. I feel See, young right we're now. We're good. Oh my gosh. Okay. There's time for my doctorate then. Uh, okay. There's plenty of time. I'm good. They have 53 different degree programs. So it's not just nursing, it's teaching. It's um, quite a, there's a lot of different areas that they cover. Um, and there's two different learning formats. So they have a traditional format, and then they also have a flex path format, which is the one that I chose. So it's basically like a self-paced learning format, and it really allows you to finish a course like so finish a course and move on. So you basically have a term, you start in a term and you pay for X amount of time and you can finish as many courses as you want in that allotted time. That's how grad school should be, Which to be honest. Which is crazy. Especially because so, we're all, grad school is usually working professionals. Yeah. And I did a traditional like brick and mortar grad school, like at California State University and had the traditional semester system. And it was so hard mm -hmm. to work full time and balance that. Yeah. This yeah. is like way more geared towards working professionals. Well, and okay. That is nice. Let's talk about grad school in general. Grad school is really intended for you to build on whatever your first degree was, right? So at, for me, at eight, eight years in, I have the life experience of a nurse. Like nursing to me, I do feel like we have a, I have a really good foundation. So, you know, it's essentially at this point, I'm just basically building on that. And I'm really excited. I'm actually really excited about it. Like to really be diving into how to become a modern day leader. Like that's actually really exciting to me. And so with this flex path, I basically will be able to control my schedule, which I'm really excited about. You can kind of, you can also control your costs. So if you can squeeze in as many classes as you can in that term, you can essentially turn around your degree in, you know, a short amount of time, which is great. I would say the average time frame for the program that I'm doing is about a year, year and a half, maybe two years. That's kind of like your time frame. I'm hoping to kind of whiz through it in a year. That's my goal. So a year from now, I'm hoping. I think I can. 
Um, I do have a couple classes that I can put towards the degree, which is nice, but so I'll be doing through that. So controlling costs, learning on demand, I get to control my schedule now, which feels really good. Um, you know, and I think I'm just really excited not to mention the fact that I really loved the people that I'm working with at Capella. Like they're, they have been so helpful in getting me started. Um, I started back this past two weeks and honestly, it's nice. I've just basically like set my own deadlines. Um, the way that they set it up is, you know, you can, you have several times that you can adjust think projects that you're working on, which I really like. It's just very flexible for the modern day nurse, which I think, or teacher or whatever you may be going back for your grads. I think they have an MBA program as well. Like they have a lot Ooh, of really great I need programs. My MBA. Yeah. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but an MBA sound, looks good on me. Oh, hey, honey. <laughs> well, and I kind of, you know, maybe who knows down the line, like one of us may need to have one. So I don't know. Hey. Shove you down. Keep your the options MBA. open. Yeah. Um, but what I really like is the idea of getting creative with my leadership in this modern day world. I'm excited for you. I think... I mean, you've already created the Selfie Podcast and now we are taking Selfie Podcast next level. And I just think leadership is a good look on you because I've got mine in leadership. Now you've got two leaders ready to take over the world. Yeah. Dream team. Love and I, it. I am excited for this because um, I'm going to be bringing you guys through my journey as I go through it and, you know, talking to you about, you know, what what's going on and giving you my step by step and you know, balancing this and being in grad school and working. Sam and I both work two jobs. We both have that, you know, there's a lot going on, but it's important to me. This is an important degree to me. I do think it's interesting because Sam and I also talked about this where like, I feel like having your MSN is just like, it opens up so many opportunities. It really does. It's it's just a, it's a game changer. That's why I say I don't know what I want to be when I grow up because there's so many options that are outside of the hospital still and just out there in the world because I have an MSN in leadership. So I don't know. I'm going to be, I'm 34 still for another another month, (laughs) but I'm still 34. Yeah. But in, you know, 10 years, I don't know what I want to do, but I have options. And I know that I have options because I went to grad school now. I don't have to, in 10 years go, I want to do something else. Now I'm going to go back to school. I just have this MSN and leadership sitting in my back pocket waiting for a rainy day when I feel like changing things up. And that makes me happy. Yeah, I think, well, that's another thing too, because obviously you teach and I'm like, that actually is something that would interest me. Teaching is awesome. Yeah, which is funny because I never saw myself as that person. I love it. What? I never was like, yes, I want to be, you know, a professor, a teacher, but now I'm kind of like, it's fun. I like it. Maybe I do. They would love you. I think I'd be a really good professor. I think I am, but I don't know. My students probably think I'm nuts. You, I listen to Sam's lectures, you guys. I'm like, you're kind of a, you're a boss. Like, I'm like, I do not expect this situation from you. I run a tight ship. You do. But in a good way. You're not like, I feel like that's the kind of professor that I liked. I'm a choose your own adventure book. (laughs) Like, I'm a start off strict. And then if you're cool, I'm cool. And you can get the fun Sam. Or it's the fun Professor Manicero. Yeah, and you you give enough slack to where, like, you let them— I pick my battles. Like, I treat you like an adult. You're adult learners. You should be treated like adult learners. But, yeah, I will—I swear, there's certain little things that I have zero patience and tolerance for, and when they push those buttons, I'm like— Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like the claws come out, but for yeah. the most part, I think I'm pretty chill. No, I think that's great. I'm, I'm just that I would like that opportunity to, and, you know, to be able to do school 
you know, while working a very full schedule, it's nice. Like I like the flexibility. I like what this offers. And I think you're going to be really happy in 2021 yeah. just with your life workflow balance. Now. Yeah. So I think this was a good move. I'm, I'm happy for you. Plus like I couldn't let Sam have an MSN and me not have an MSN. So seriously, that's the only reason she was back. <laughs> There's <a> that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. I'm really excited. And, you know, I think, you know, just a message to everyone out there, like just really, I think diving into what you want long-term and, you know, just stick to sticking to your own truth. Like, what is your truth? Like, what are you, what do you want out of life? And if you're not happy doing it, then change it up. And I want to also validate this, you guys, like how many nurses I know who started NP school and decided it was not their route. And I really want to say that because I'm not even kidding you guys. I've probably talked to about 10 nurses who one of them was secretly NP in NP school and didn't tell a single soul. I Three of them who all either became a mom or just realized it was not for them. Also, a lot of NPs who went back to the bedside. Can we talk about that? Like yeah, that is very real. I know a lot of NPs that work bedside. Yes. PNPs. I know some FNPs that went back to bedside just because it fit their life a little bit better. They're making more, you know, I don't want to say this all... Oh, making more money, but it just depends on where you're at. Like I know some people though that have become MPs and they love it. So yeah. honestly, do do you do it for yourself and no one else? Yep. Yeah, and what works for your life and where you want to say it. So anyway, yeah. Well, how did it feel to be interviewed <sighs> in the hot seat? It was fun. It felt good, and this feels really good to open up to you guys about it and just to you know. I've been waiting to get this thrill. episode out for a long time. Yeah, this has been a long time in the waiting in the making, and I'm really excited to do it with Sam and to you know move forward and tell you guys about the journey and bring you along. So woohoo! Stay tuned for more of Tori's. Um, All my crazy life grad decisions, school, grad <laughs> school journey. All right. Well, where can they find us? All right, you guys, you can follow us on our Insta. That's at C-E-L-L-F-I-E underscore podcast. You can find all of our episodes on www.selfiepodcast.com. You guys, merch. Merch is a thing. Yes. Go to selfiepodcast.com if you want to twinsies with us. We're so excited about this. We cannot believe how amazing this merch situation is. So thank you guys for supporting us. We've had so much fun making it and sharing this with you. And tag us in it when you get it, when you wear it. We want to see it on you. Tag it. We want to repost you. Let us know what's up. We love giving you guys a shout out as well. So thank you for supporting us. Make sure you guys head over to rate and review the show. Download, subscribe. Yes. And if you do review, drop your IG handle so that we can send you a goodie bag. We have a, a some awesome um, selfie swag, a little moment. Some of you guys have gotten your new swag. We do have a new Selena Icon pin, which we are. She's so cute. You guys will love her. Uh, make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori and at Hey Samantha with two A's. Hey. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. Yes, and let us know. We really want the feedback about how you're loving the new selfie show yeah. and co-host situation. Let us know what you think. So I really want to know what you think. We love your feedback either way. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have the best week ever. And catch and you buy our merch. And buy our merch. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL.